the Tennessee secondary. Can the DBs finally take a step? And can Tennessee's defensive backfield be one of the reasons why Tennessee's defense is one of the best half of the SEC? That and a whole lot more Boogie Bentley coming up next right here on Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Happy Thursday. Welcome into it. This is Locked On Balls. It is your team every single day. I'm your host, Eric Kane. Shout out everydayers for making Locked On Balls your first listen. We are just a couple days away from kickoff. Whoa, it is. It is go freaking time, and we have it all right here on Locked On Balls. It's presented by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can post your job for free. It's over at LinkedIn.com slash college. Terms and conditions do apply. Fun show coming up. We'll, we'll conclude our position previews by taking a look at the secondary here in segment number one. And then Boogie Bentley of Talking Vols, something we phrased as Locked On, Talking Vols. Uh, that is uh, coming up in segments two and three of today's show. Every Thursday, Boogie will be on Locked On Vols. Every Monday morning, I am on one of his live streams on the on the uh, Talking Vols YouTube channel. So uh, that's what you have to look forward to right here on Locked On Vols. Uh, let's go ahead and dive into it. Position previews for the University of Tennessee. We conclude the day by looking at the defensive backfield. Again, Tennessee's defense took a massive step in 2022, improved by set, improved by touchdown and points per game. Better on third downs, better on fourth downs, red zone defense. Um, you know, points per game were significantly lower. Um, takeaways were up. Uh, second in the SEC against the run, albeit you could do whatever you wanted to through the air, but against the run, Tennessee was second best in the SEC. So the defense took a step, but where Tennessee was just horrible defensively was the secondary. It just wasn't good. I mean, it ranked like 126th out of 132 or whatever it is. And um, you return pretty much everybody back there, but you also add to that group. Why do I have more confidence in the Tennessee secondary this year than I than probably you or you or you or you? Because I think the front's going to be more consistent. It's all tied in. I think the front's going to be more consistent. You can get home of four. And that's going to allow the back end to play a little bit more zone over the top, have a safety running free, and to kind of go ball hawk a little bit to where you're not going to have to rely on playing man coverage. And I do believe that there are more guys that you trust. There are more guys that Tim Banks, Willie Martinez, are willing to put in football games compared to other years. Now, my question is, is that across the board? Or is that just a cornerback? Your two starting safeties are going to be Wesley Walker, who played a lot of star last year, played a couple of games at safety as well. Um, Wesley Walker and Jalen McCullough. I know a lot of fans don't like Jalen McCullough, but you know I wrote a five most important piece. Uh, you know Tennessee defenders, five most important Tennessee, five most important players on Tennessee's defense for 2023. I put Jalen McCullough at number five, and people were losing their minds. I said, I hear you. But good, bad, right, wrong, indifferent, Jalen McCullough is going to play football for Tennessee this year. Therefore, he's got to play better. Therefore, good, bad, or draw, he's going to be important to Tennessee's defense, if that makes sense. Um, he's going to play an awful lot. But will Tennessee be willing to rotate at safety like I believe they're going to be willing to rotate at cornerback? I don't know. We're just going to have to see. Um, earlier in the week, and I, pl I played this on, the, I believe, a Tuesday show, but let's revisit it. Earlier in the week, Josh Heupel was asked, 
about that, about the rotation and how there's a plan, but sometimes the game will kind of dictate if they get to that plan or not. Here's Josh Heupel. You know, the, the second level or second and third levels, I should say, we got nicked up a little bit um, in, in the middle part of training camp. I know you guys saw a little bit of that. Those guys are all back and healthy. They've been with us all of last week as well. Gotten really good work. Uh, that gives us the ability to, to rotate on the back end, um, you know, we have a plan. We'll see how it unfolds on, on game day, but expect to see a lot of people uh, rotating in. Uh, strip corner, safety, and the nickel spot. Yeah, uh, well, I do feel good. Again, he was going on to talk about the offensive line there, and I, so I went ahead and cut it off. But he said, hey, we do have a plan, but it's up to the game to kind of dictate if we if we get to all that. So, you know, what, what will those rotations look like? Well, at the beginning of that clip, he said, hey, we've had a couple of guys banged up a little bit. Tamari McDonald, Wesley Walker, Jordan Thomas. Kamal Haddon, all those guys have missed some, if not a couple of weeks of training camp or a couple of days of practice or a couple of weeks, and, you know, being held out, non-contact, you know, dressed out, going through Indy, but, you know, 11-11, good on good. They, they wouldn't go through that. But the majority of those guys are back. Um, I think Kamal Haddon's going to be good and ready to go. Um, of course, I, I think it's more important for him to get healthy, you know, moving forward through the, the first, you know, week three. Um, I think he'll be okay. We'll, we'll see. He might be one of those scratches before kickoff, but I think he's been back and working. Um, you know, but Kamal Haddon's going to be a starting cornerback for Tennessee um, at, at, in the defensive backfield. Um, but I expect him marrying Donald Wesley Walker to, to be ready to go and play football. So w what does that look like? Well, we talked about safety a moment ago. We'll go ahead and start there. McCullough's going to be one of your starting safeties. Wesley Walker's going to be your other starting safety. Uh, behind um, you know these guys, you've got Andre Turrentine, who is a guy that really stepped up and really kind of showed that he could be a guy that's, that can be counted on. But how much can you count on him? Andre Turrentine, he didn't take a safety position, but I think he proved a lot in, in fall camp. But how much does that translate? How much will Tim Banks be willing to put him in the football games? Is it a true rotation where he's in there in the second or the third series, or is it when Tennessee's up by 14 or, excuse me, up by 21 points in the third quarter that you see in Andre Turrentine? That's my question. Also, you have Jordan Thomas, who I think has been limited in his growth in terms of an injury in spring and because they were playing him a little bit at star and safety over the course of spring and fall camps. Um, but that's kind of a look at the safety position. You look at the quarterback position. I mentioned Kamal Haddon. I think when healthy, Kamal Haddon's one of your starting cornerbacks. Danico Slaughter is another one of your starting cornerbacks. Um, I think Gabe Judy Lolly is going to play a lot of football. I think he'll start games. I think he'll play a lot of football. That's why I think that you're definitely going to see a rotation of corner because Gabe Judy Lolly, if he's not a starter, he's going to play. I can promise you that. I think uh, Brandon Turnage is also a guy that you're going to see at cornerback as well. And then you move to the star position, and they had Tamari McDonald, who's the starter, but you have on Tennessee's depth chart that Brandon Turnage is listed as the backup star. I'm not at practice every single day. Um, I don't see 11-11, all that type of stuff. So it very well could be possible that Brandon Turnage is getting some reps at the star position. But all of camp, especially when Tamari McDonald was out, it was Warren Burrell who was getting the reps at star. And it was Warren Burrell who's at the first team defense at the star position. So on Tennessee's depth chart, Warren Burrell is not even listed as a star. He's listed as a true corner, which he can still play corner. That's his home position. So I'll be intrigued. If Tamarian McDonald goes down, truly goes down, could they slide Wesley Walker back down to play the star position? Is it Warren Burrell? Would it be Brandon Turnage? Remember, Brandon Turnage was the guy that you know went in, started at the star position against uh, South Carolina that game in 2021, was SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Everybody's wondering, like, why didn't he play more? Why didn't he play more? Well, 
Um, he has, and I think he's more of a gamer than anything. I don't think he's a good practice player, but I think when he's in there, he can make some plays. Not as consistent. Nobody is. Um, but he doesn't look like an in-the-box player. He's more of a true cornerback, you know, body type and all that. Um, but I like Brandon Turnage. I truly do, and I hope that he gets opportunities to get some snap and to play some football. So um, there's a theme there. There's not many freshmen. No Jordan Matthews, no Ricky Gibson, no Christian Conyer. Those guys did not make this too deep uh, in the defensive secondary, and I don't think that they're going to make a huge impact defensively this year, but I, I think that they've had a really good camp. I think they're growing uh, they just need to continue to grow in the offense and let the the game the speed of the game slow down a little bit. And uh, Boogie will say something here in a moment. I think that they truly, and I agree with him, um, I think they truly will help Tennessee out a lot as sophomores next season. So um, I like the personnel grouping. Um, I, I will like the defensive backfield a whole lot more if there is a willingness to truly play more guys. Play more guys. Do not play the two same safeties the entire time. Is there a willingness? Where are you in that regard? How close is Andre Tarantine? How close is Jordan Thomas? Christian Charles, again, who is listed as a safety as well. Um, he's in that conversation at the safety position. How close are you to feeling good about those guys playing? Well, we, we don't know. We'll find out maybe a little on Saturday, but certainly as the year goes on. That will conclude the position previews. Maybe we'll touch base a little bit on special teams tomorrow, but overall... Uh, that is the position previews right here on Locked On Balls. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to get to Boogie Bentley of the Talking Balls Network. He's coming up next right here on Locked On Balls, and I can't freaking wait for that every single Thursday right here on Locked On Balls. We do a little crossover edition of the show. Uh, that's coming up next right here on Locked On Balls. But first, let's tell you about our friends LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available? That's why you have got to try and check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. We have all looked to take that next step in our career. Put our resumes online at LinkedIn Jobs. And now maybe you have that step. Maybe you are a small business owner working to truly craft and mold your product, but you don't, you don't just trust anybody. You need somebody qualified and somebody you can trust, and you can find those people at LinkedIn Jobs. They can really, really help you find those people with screening tools, um, asking questions so you can find people to interview and then ultimately hire. That's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus its leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free. It's at linkedin.com slash locked on college. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. To post your job for free, terms and conditions do apply. You know it is football time in Tennessee when we get those locked on talking Vols crossovers. I'm Eric Kane. The guy you see on YouTube right now with me is Boogie Bentley of the Talking Vols Network on YouTube. Boogie, what's going on, man? Man, it is, it's go time, man. What are we, two days away at the time this goes up? Two days away from actual football. You know, we joke about it off air. I'm almost tired of talking about recruiting. I'm tired of talking about 17-year-old kids and where they're going to go play football. <laughs> Let's actually talk about football, and it's time. It's time. Yeah, with that being said, man, I mean, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a long offseason and all that, but, you know, fall camp going on the last couple of weeks, and uh, kind of what are some of your impressions of this Tennessee team? Maybe not predictions or anything, but – what do you think this Tennessee team's going to be? You know, what are they going to be good at? Uh, what 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 time? Uh, you know, what what will they do well? Kind of. What are your impressions of this Tennessee football team? 
I'm excited about the defense, man. Hearing yeah. the storylines coming out of fall camp that the front seven is really solid. They're playing good football. Uh, a certain host out there in the media world uh, that attended a VFL. I'm not going to say his name. You know who it is. You can figure it out. Uh, but you know that you, you guys in the media, you get to take in a certain portion of practice. And I've said before, I'm grateful for that because people like me, we don't get that access. But then those VFLs out there, those guys that get to take in all of practice, this particular person said the linebacker group. They would call the linebacker group the best overall unit on this football team. And I'm thinking, okay, we know that wide receiver room is loaded with talent. We know that running back room is loaded with talent. But to call the linebackers the best group on this team, I'm excited about the defense. You started the narrative before anybody else last year talking about the defense is getting better. Can they take that next step in year three? Improving seven points per game on scoring defense, can we improve it just a little bit more in 2023? Joe just needs to go out and be Joe, manage the game, be efficient. I don't think he has to be – he needs to be Joe. You don't have to be Hendon Hooker. Be Joe Milton. Be efficient. Run the offense. This team's going to score points. Can the defense be the story coming out of this third season for Josh Heupel? We'll get into a little bit more Virginia breakdown with Boogie here. We're gonna we're gonna be on doing a little crossover every week, uh, usually on Thursdays, uh, segments two and three. But uh, more on this Tennessee team, man. I, I think another storyline. I couldn't agree more, man. I'm excited about the defense too. I think another storyline is just the transfers and the the volume of trend like. If you came to Tennessee this offseason, you're going to play. Um, you know, there's no ifs, ands, buts about it. Like, you're you're going to play. Either you're going to be starting or in that, you know, that key rotational role or whatever. Which transfer are you most excited about on both sides of the ball? Man, that is such a tough question. I did a video a couple of days ago talking about five guys that would make or break the 2023 season. It's flooded with transfer guys. Yeah. And, you know, when Josh Heupel took over and we're talking about the mass exodus of players, I've said it over and over again. I think the transfer portal is kind of what allowed Josh Heupel to rebuild this football program so quickly. But if we look at a guy on both sides of the ball, I'm going to go John Campbell on offense because left tackle, the question is, you know, he hasn't played big boy football in the SEC. It's year one in this offense. Can he transition? You know, and I love the quote. Was it, uh, man, who was it that just recently talked about John Campbell? Why am I having a brain fart? Jacob Warren mentioned yes. it yesterday. Yes, when Jacob Warren met with the media and, and he asked, you know, why did you why why did you choose yeah. Tennessee? And the the comments from John Campbell, why not, man? The culture, you guys look like you were having fun. You're winning. Who doesn't want to play at Tennessee? What a sales pitch! Can he lock down that left tackle position? We know the struggles on the offensive line, the challenges this football team's going to have. John Campbell's who I'm watching on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, you got to go Keenan Peely, right? I mean, you want to talk about linebackers and the impact that they can make. We saw what Aaron Beasley did a year ago. I hope he continues to, to develop and grow uh, and becomes an all-SEC type of linebacker. But Keenan Peely, you know, Josh Heupel said it, I think it was this week. You know, what did you what did you know you were getting? It was actually the sit-down interview that AP did with, with Heupel. What did you know you were getting in Peely? What did you actually get? You know, veteran, leader, guy was a two-time captain at BYU, comes to Tennessee. And then Heupel said, I didn't know I was getting such an athletic linebacker that excites me because if Keenan Peely can match Aaron Beasley's play this linebacker unit this front seven is going to be really really good I think going into 2023 yeah I think the defensive staff like they knew what they were getting Keenan Peely like a veteran um, a bigger linebacker a guy that's going to play and start and be out there a ton but what they seen in fall camp and a little bit of spring it's like oh this boy can move this boy's athletic he's 240 pounds playing outside the box it's wild because I'm excited about Keenan Peely too. I'm a defensive guy, 
But like, I don't think anybody would be like, man, most impressive uh, transfer so far, Keenan Peely, linebacker. <laughs> but but uh, here we are, and, and and I'm with you. I you know we got some coming out of VolQuest.com this week before the game, and um the the question was, you know, who's going to be the most impactful newcomer? I said John Campbell too. I I literally put everybody's going to say Dante Thornton mm-hmm. on offense. Everybody's going to say Dante Thornton. But it's John Campbell because Joe Milton's not going to have to worry about his blind side at all. I think the transfers top the bottom. Omar Norman Lott. And then, and then the freshman newcomers. I mean, you, you know how I feel about Aaron Carter. This is just a deeper, more well-rounded football team that you can now compare rosters. It's, it's not the same. They're still not there yet. But you can say, all right, Alabama, LSU, A&M, here's Tennessee's roster. I mean, it, it's comparable now. Yeah, I was talking about, you know, all the buzz. Why why is the national media sleeping on Tennessee and all the buzz is on Alabama and Georgia and LSU? And I was reading an article where they were talking about, you know, Alabama and the guys that they lost to the draft. But the difference is Nick Saban's been recruiting at that elite level for so long. It's always yeah. five-star plug-and-play. And the more Josh Heupel starts to rebuild this roster, and, and we're seeing that actual legitimate depth now in 2023 they keep talking about it tim banks is talking about it heupel's talking about it but i think you still need another year or two to to, to where you can close that talent gap with alabama from top to bottom you can't always rely on a freshman right but what about the sophomores on this football team can they take that step and start to contribute you're going to have guys like arian carter you're going to have guys like david hobbs that contribute but what i look for is like the freshman corners right christian conyer gibson matthews I don't expect a lot from them this year, but as sophomores next year, is that when they can maybe start to push and challenge and compete for a starting job? And the more Josh Heupel continues to recruit the way he's recruiting, you know, some people are kind of, you know how it is with recruiting, the highs and lows people. One day, Josh Heupel's the greatest recruiter ever when he signs, you know, Spillman and Mike Matthews in the same week. And then then the next week, it kind of gets quiet and everybody's like, oh, it's over. It's over. Terrible. (laughs) Josh Heupel's trending up. He has been all three years at Tennessee. And I think they go out and have success this fall. We're going to have another good class in 2025. Literally, sidebar here. This is not a recruiting discussion, but I think Josh Heupel as a a staff, Josh Heupel himself – I think he's done a really nice job recruiting since being at Tennessee. There's only been one position where I think I feel like they just keep swinging and missing at, and that's offensive tackle. And getting Bennett Warren in this class is huge, huge get. Huge. And if you can find a way to get Jordan Seaton in this class, goodness gracious. Who do you uh, want more? On. Who do you want more? I got to ask you. Who do you want more? Because this is the question everybody asks me. Remaining on the board, who do you want more, Jordan Seaton or Chris Cole? Who's your priority? I mean. I mean, I would I would love to have Chris Cole. You know, talking about him and Edwin Spillman, a linebacker, that'd be mm. you know, kind of highlighting that defensive class. That'd be awesome. But I mean, give me give me Seaton, dude. Again, you have swung and miss more at offensive tackle than you have in any position. And if you get Bennett Warren and Seaton in this class together, I think that'd just be. Huge. I mean, uh, look at Ellerby's resume there: development, top ten pick, recruiting class. You know, two top whatever players at the position. I would take Seton, but uh, Chris Cole would be huge on the defensive side of the football. You brought up Alabama, another sidebar. Who are you expecting to get the first snap at quarterback this year? Milro, is that the kid's name? I can't. Yeah. Why, why, why can I never remember his? And he scares me, man. He terrifies me. He's an athlete. Going back to last year when there was, you know, floating around whether or not Bryce was going to play in the game, and and we're worried about Milro, dude. The kid is an athlete. He's a stud. I don't. I don't. Maybe he doesn't have the arm. You know our track record trying to track down, chase down these athletic linebackers or quarterbacks running all over the field. It, it just terrifies me. It's why it's the conversation we have about the class of 2025. George McIntyre or Deuce Knight? Who do you want? Who do you prefer? 
Give me the athletic quarterback. And I know George McIntyre's got a million-dollar arm, but if you've got a guy, look at Hendon Hooker. That was he, he was so dangerous escaping the pocket. It, it's scary. I think Milton's going to be good running the football in designed quarterback runs. He just doesn't have that elusiveness. And if you can get that in a quarterback, it's 2023. It's a different game. It's a different game now. If you can have that athletic quarterback, give it to me. I'll go Milrow, and I it, he, he scares me, man. He, he, he concerns me. We'll start the conversation coming back here in a second with Joe Milton and and kind of what he brings to the quarterback position that might be different from Hendon Hooker. Dive into Virginia. That scout will get boogie thoughts on the Virginia Cavaliers. How much will Tennessee win by on Saturday? It is football time in Tennessee, and we're talking about it all right here on Lockdown Balls. Just days away from Tennessee and Virginia kicking off the 2023 campaign. Lovely Nissan Stadium. Titans fan, it's a shithole of a stadium. Got to be honest with you there. And uh, it's in the mid-state, but that'll be fun to go over there. Anyway, just be good to have football back in Tennessee. And uh, we got Boogie Bentley on, the host of Locked On, the host of Talking Vols. Uh, we, of course, we kind of we kind of phrase ours, the Locked On Talking Vols, uh, here on Thursdays on Locked On Vols. And I'm on Mondays over there on your live stream, 9 a.m. in the morning. You guys are going to be live, what, 9 a.m. on Friday and then post-game show, right? We're going to do 10 a.m. on Friday because I'm going to be streaming with Coach Jay. Coach is a little football out in California, and I had to let him sleep an extra hour. So we'll be live at 10 a.m. on Fridays, 9 a.m. on Mondays. But, yeah, post-game show, we do a tailgate show an hour before kickoff. Laid back, man. Our tailgate show is where the fans get to come on, hang out with us. Uh, I always say crack open a beer, pull up a chair, and let's just talk Tennessee football. That's what we do on that tailgate show. Uh, so, yeah, come hang out on the Talking Balls Network. We are 20 two subscribers at the time of this recording 22 subscribers away from 22,000 let's get okay let's all get right there. stop right there all right locked on balls people if this is the first <laughs> time you're meeting boogie you never heard of him before go find his podcast you know talking balls on youtube and go ahead and hit that subscribe button i'm always always asking y'all to subscribe to the channel because it helps grow gets in front of more tennessee fans there's some incentives in there as well okay let's not be let's not be delirious here go help out boogie bentley he's helped this show grow out an awful lot and and if you're just being introduced to boogie for the first time boogie t tell us what you guys are about over there i mean i, I kind of refer to you guys as the voice of the common fan that's it man blue collar that's what that's what yeah. people call us we're for the fans by the fans you know i've got the catchphrase we're not experts we're not insiders we're not media we don't pretend to be media i'm grateful for our media i'm grateful for my relationships with guys like eric with guys like ben mckee a lot of people come on our show and and they bring their experience and i i'm grateful for that but we're just common fans man some people get mad they think that we're trying to to, to be media or what i don't i don't know what it is i just want to be the voice of the voiceless i love our fan call-in shows because man we the first fan call-in show we ever did i said guys make sure your audio is good be clean be dialed in First dude that pops up on screen, doesn't have a shirt on, big hay straw coming out of his mouth. That's what we're all about. Come hang out. Let's talk Tennessee football unfiltered. You want emotions? We're going to give you emotions. You want some homers? We're going to be homers. We're going to rep Tennessee gear. That's who we are. Uh, so come hang out with us on the Talking Balls Network. You'll have a good time, I promise. You said something there to kind of end that that uh, first segment we had together about Joe Milton, design runs, escapability. And then that was something Hinton Hooker really had, right? I mean, if there was nothing open or if the if the pocket was flushed and he had to get out, I mean, he would take off and, you know, get a first down, sometimes 40 or 50 yards. Joe Milton at times has been really hesitant in the pocket. A lot of people say, oh, he hadn't thrown an interception so far at Tennessee. Sometimes you got to take chances. Um, and, and I'm going to ask you about it, but you're not going to know until we, just, until, until we see him out there. What do you expect from Joe Milton in that regard? Do you expect him to be a guy that can extend plays? that can get out of the pocket, that can take off and run. 
you expect him to kind of hold on to the football a little bit more? Or do you think that there's more of a mental clock there and he's going to try to get it out quicker this year? Because, again, he's more experienced in the offense and he's more comfortable in the offense now. Yeah, it concerns me because he does stand back there in the pocket. I don't think he has that elusiveness. Like I said, I think he's going to be good in the designed run. I like a third and one quarterback power. I mean, big no. physical Joe. I know he's leaned out a little bit going into this season, but let Joe run the football. I like the little speed option they showed with, with Milton and Dylan Sampson. I think that's a nice little wrinkle to this offense. But, yeah, it is a concern, and that's why the offensive line is such a concern to me this year. You know, Cooper Mays being banged up, moving guys around. Who's going to lock down that guard position? Andres Carrick, or is it going to be Ollie Lane? Now you're leaning on Ollie Lane to play center while Cooper's out. Uh, just that that concerns me because of the way that Joe plays football and he does stand back there in the pocket and sometimes he does hold on to it a little bit too long something that 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 kind of makes me nervous too was Heupel coming out of the scrimmage just talking about was it situational football is that what he mentioned uh the yeah. struggles with and man instantly battered vol syndrome kicks in and flashbacks to the nightmare at Ole Miss right where Joe just steps out of bounds and I don't think Joe could have made maybe he couldn't have made something happen on that play but just you got to have the situational awareness and Heupel talked about you know four minutes deals and having struggles there can Joe put it together that's the thing man that's why when you people you know you see it the same way I do Tennessee's going undefeated why are you saying they lose three games boogie uh, because I don't know what Joe is going to give me. Yeah, I can go by the Clemson game, and I can go by Vanderbilt, even though, you know, we make excuses, right? Oh, it was raining, 52 completion percentage that game. Uh, but he, he did improve last year, and Hubs made a great comment on a podcast a week or two ago talking about Milton. The Milton we saw back during, I say Bowling Green Joe or Orange Bowl Joe, which one are we going to get? That Bowling Green Joe had only been in the offense for a few months, man. Yep. He, he was brand new. The thumb injury, we kind of talked about this on Monday on my show. Uh, now he's been in the year for three years. It's go time. It's put up or shut up. It's Joe Milton's team. Man, I'm pulling for that kid. I would love nothing more than to see him go out, have a successful year, first-round draft pick. The kid's a grinder. He's a great teammate. He's a great dude. I love the guy, and I, I, hope, I hope he's the guy. I hope so. I hope so. You're going to come on this show two days before kickoff, and you're going to drop that uh, that 21 old Miss crap. Goodness gracious. <laughs> I'm that just right being there, honest. And I hear you. I, I'm just kidding. I completely agree. <laughs> that is big-time situational. No, knowing where you are, knowing how much time is on the clock, um, it's a mistake. Joe Milton has said off the record several times he thought he had more time. Okay, He didn't say that in front of the microphone, but he's he said it off the record. He's like, I thought I had more time. thought I had more time. And it was a mistake, but – Oh my God, that was the worst football play I have ever seen in my life. And you can't define Joe Milton off of off of one play, right? Yeah. You hope that he did learn from it. it it's mm. just it concerns me that we're still hearing about that. You know, it'd be different if Nico was coming in as a freshman and he was going to start, and we were hearing this. Yeah. But you're talking about a fifth year senior. I, I don't want to hear about situational football mistakes. No, we got to be better than that. I'm with you though, man. I, I'm I am God. I'm rooting for that guy. Um, he's so easy to root for. Um, it just. The way that he stayed, he bought in. He was a great teammate. He was a great leader. And, uh, you know, if anybody messed with Hendon Hooker, he's going to let you know about it. Like, I mean, he was, he was just a huge big – I mean, physically a big brother. Um, yeah, I, I'm rooting for that guy for sure. Let's quickly – a couple minutes left. Let's let's go to Virginia. Um, a lot of unknowns, um, a whole lot of unknowns. Uh, offensively, brand-new personnel, essentially. New quarterback, uh, transfer running back, four new receivers – uh, lost four starting linemen with 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 experience, so uh, there are a lot of question marks offensively. Defensively, best player on the defensive front, Chico Bennett Jr., likely not going to play. Some injuries in the secondary, but 
you know, overall that defense is kind of middle of the road is pretty, pretty respectable last year. Kind of what are you expecting for Saturday for Tennessee against Virginia? Uh, you said it. It's it's not whether they win. It's how many they win by. You're favored by four touchdowns. The ESPN FBI is through the roof for Tennessee. Tennessee just needs to go be Tennessee. Virginia's not very good, and people don't don't look ahead. We got to focus game by game. It doesn't matter. We're fans. We can speculate and talk about whatever we want. We can overlook Virginia. It's perfectly fine. That's what we do. They're just not very good. You you look a year ago, right? And Tony Elliott's going into year two. Former Clemson offensive coordinator. Seventeen points a game. You're bringing in Tony Elliott. You think you're going to transform your offense. All of a sudden, you're going to be scoring points. 17 points a game a year ago, 344 yards per game. Just not very good. But you you bring up an interesting point, all the turnover, right? The turnover on the offensive line. You lost your top four wide receivers. When you hear that from a team that scored 17 a game last year, you're going, oh, wow, they're going to be really bad on offense. But I don't know. You know, you're talking about a fresh, clean slate. What yeah. does Virginia look like? Maybe they needed an overhaul. Maybe they needed some roster turnover to move forward. But I just don't – I don't think they got the Jimmys and Joes to keep up with Tennessee. Like you said, their defense a little bit better. Their front seven, well, they returned six of the seven. Well, five yeah. if you count Chico Bennett being out. Mm-hmm. But you got experience there. What, are the, what is Virginia going to try to do to Tennessee? Are they going to sit back and try to keep everything in front of them uh, and see if Joe's going to be, you know, patient? I get is after Josh, him. I, I would get after. I'd put pressure could, on Tennessee. You're going to give up points anyway. I would just go get it. See, that's what I said about Tennessee's defense last year. You yeah. suck in the secondary. Just man up. Get after the quarterback and see if you can get pressure. I think I think that's probably the smart thing for Virginia to do, but I'm just curious what they do. Do they stack the box, try to st- stop the run? Because if so, you know, you got some inexperienced guys in the secondary at corner. I think, I think Joe Milton. Dante Thornton, Squirrel White, going to have a field day against Virginia. I like the matchup. I think it's good for us to see what Tennessee is, right? The game that scares me is going on the road to play Florida week three. So this is a good little tune-up, see what Tennessee's got. Hopefully next next week against Austin P. we're going to see a lot of Nico. I want to see some Nico on Saturday well, uh, too. But it's more about Tennessee. Who is Tennessee? What do they look like? What is the identity of this football team coming out of Saturday? But I, th- I think the balls roll. I think they win big. I think it's a great opportunity for Tennessee's offensive line. Cooper Mays is not going to play. Um, and, of course, we mentioned Chico Bennett's likely going to be out for Virginia. But that front seven's good. I think it would be a great challenge for Tennessee's offensive line that's going to be trying to figure it out, rotate a little bit. It's not a it's not a group, it's not a group of five. It's not an FCS. It's a Power 5 program in Virginia. they got scholarship players. But I, I think this is a good, good test for Tennessee's offensive line a little early on. Uh, last question, man. Sunday morning. Who are we talking about? What's the story? Who steals the show? What's what's the name that you're going to put in that headline Sunday morning or or for your post game show? Who's gonna who are we going to be talking about? And oh man, oh man, there's so many different ways I could go around with this thing. What's funny is you know if it's a blowout and Nico gets in, we're all going to be talking about Nico. That's what yeah. everybody's going to be talking about. If you he throw, throws you throw three, Nico in that headline, you're you're golden, baby. Yeah. <laughs> if he throws three passes, uh, that's going to be the storyline on Sunday. But give me somebody on defense. Give, give me one of those upperclassmen edge guys. I don't care if it's Tyler Barron. I don't care if it's Roman Harrison. Give me an upperclassman on the on the end of the defense, getting after the quarterback or maybe even, I'm, I'm going to just name everybody on defense since you said to name one player. Maybe an Omar Norman Lott or Big Omari Thomas. I want somebody on this defensive line to step up and make plays. You know, when we talk about Barron and Harrison, talking about two seniors, man. 
it's time to put up or shut up. Can Roman Harrison be like B.Y.? Can he get himself into the league? Because all we've been talking about are guys like James Pierce, Joshua Josephs, even Caleb Herring coming in as a freshman, Tyree West. We've overlooked those upperclassmen. Uh, And I think they need to be pushed by some of this young talent. So can Roman Harrison go out and make an impact? Can he be a guy like B.Y.? I want to see it, man. we got to be able to get after the quarterback without bringing all these elaborate blitzes. Let the linebackers play back and, and see if we can get after it with four. Boogie Bentley, he's the host of the Talking Vols Network. Go subscribe, find that channel on YouTube. He's going to be live at 10 o'clock on Friday morning. There'll be a post-game show. Boogie, as always, man, I love these crossovers. Appreciate it, and uh, look forward to chatting with you again next week, man. Enjoy it, brother. We'll do it again Monday morning over on the Talking Vols Network.